Reading from the third chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with the first verse. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very, I tru- very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Those who believe in Him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come into the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have shared with you before that there are only a few things in the world I'm afraid of. One is things that aren't straight. So let me push this piece of glass over. Nancy will tell you that it drives me crazy for anything to be out of place in something that I do, right? Can't stand it. Something not be centered or not be right where I want it to be will work my nerves over. I am afraid of that. I'm afraid of addicts. I've shared that with you before. The youth make fun of me for that. That's okay. 
That's okay. One day they'll figure out what they're afraid of, won't they? Might be an attic. You never know. There's only one other thing that I'm sometimes afraid of, and it's not a snake. But I wonder how many of you are afraid of snakes? Just offhand, see a snake, scream, run. Pretty good number. I'm not afraid of the snake I see. I'm afraid of the snake I don't see. Right? I can remember being on the side of a pond with that fellow that I told you that pulled me out of the mud that time. We were at another pond and there was a broom straw around it. And I was just fishing along. And when I'm fishing, I don't really pay much attention to anything but the fish. And I walked around this pond and I stopped. And it was a day kind of like yesterday. It was cool, but the sun was out. And it was early spring. And I stopped and I looked to my right and there was a copperhead up in the broom straw. It had coiled itself around the broom straw and climbed it to get up in the sun. And I thought, that's interesting. I didn't see it before, so it scared me. And I maybe made a noise, I don't know. And then what I noticed is there were three others. (laughs) And I was in the middle of them. And then I made a lot of noise. The snake I don't see bothers me. Not the one I see. The one I see, he's okay. It's the one that tries to get in the boat with you in the dark that gets you. Now Brandon can attest to that. I thought that poor kid was going to tear his fishing rod up on the side of my boat. Just like that. Of course, it was a no-joke snake. Water snake about 12 feet long, probably. It's not the snake that I see that scares me. It's that one I can hear knocking his head against the side of the boat at 2 o'clock in the morning trying to get in with me. That one scares me. So I bring that up because I want you kind of in touch with whatever that is in you. Because most people are either afraid of the snake they see, the snake they don't see, or all of the above. I saw this thing on National Geographic one time about this little snake that lives in the region that John, was, that John is alluding to. You know that story about Moses lifting the snake on the pole? Y'all ever heard that? I'm going to read it to you. You're in luck. It comes from Numbers 21. To give you the context, Moses has gone back to Egypt after murdering the guy and going and raising some sheep somewhere for a little while. God came to him and says, Moses, I want you to go get your people out of Israel. Go get my people. So Moses goes and gets them and they're heading back to the promised land that God offered to Abraham, that God promised Abraham. And this happened on the way. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. You ever been there before? How much longer, Moses, I can imagine them saying? Are we halfway there yet? The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, they asked. For there's no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. So let me stop right there. I saw one time in, on National Geographic channel, if you are afraid of the snake you see or the snake you don't see, you should take National Geographic off of your DirecTV subscription. I was watching that one day, and they had this little tiny viper thing, brown, sand viper it was called, because it lived in sand. 
And what this little thing did was crawl to some space where some person or some animal or something it could walk, it could kill was going to come by. And it would lay on top of the ground and it would vibrate and sink into the sand. And I said, that's terrifying. That's the snake you can't see. And I thought to myself, I bet that's the snake that they were stepping on. Because I don't know about you, if I'm in the middle of 4 million people, 400,000, however many it is, and I'm walking across the desert, I'm going to look for snakes. And it terrifies me to think that they couldn't see what was biting them until it had bit them and had a hold of them. Now here's the thing, church. Isn't that a lot like sin? A lot of times we find ourselves bitten by sin and we wonder how in the world we got there. We find ourselves bitten by something we shouldn't have been involved in, something we shouldn't have said, something we shouldn't have thought, something we shouldn't have done. And we look back at it and we think, how in the world did I get here? And I'm sure they wonder, Moses, did you take a wrong turn? They're being bitten and they're dying. Let's pick the story back up. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And you know what the Lord didn't do? (laughs) Didn't take the snakes away. I've often wondered about that one. Now they got an answer to their prayer. But it wasn't the easy way out. But it was a merciful way out. A way of promise. A way of coming to God in faith. This is what happened. Moses prayed to the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that serpent would look at the serpent of bronze and live. That's odd, isn't it? It's an odd story. But John picks that story up in Jesus' words. And Jesus is using that story to talk about Himself. To somehow come along and relate a snake and life and mercy. Now this Lent, we're focusing on mercy, on the mercy of God, right? We've talked about that. And to me, that God didn't just take the snakes away, but use the snakes as a way to invite the people into faith and into deeper relationship and trust of God is an act of mercy. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just, just, 
as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Jesus is using what happened in that desert with those little snakes for an analogy of what He is doing to free us from sin and death. Coincidentally, the Bible uses the story about a snake to tell us how sin came into the world, doesn't it? We talked a little bit about that last week. Through the whisper of the serpent, Eve was deceived and decided that eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil would be good for her because it would make her be like God and she entered into sin. The snakes in the desert represent here the sin that carries us out in a desert. The sin that isolates us from God and kills us. And Jesus said, just like that snake was put on a pole, He will be put on a pole. Just as Moses lifted up the snake, so the cross will be lifted high. And it's interesting to me that Paul doesn't seem to have missed that. And the Jesus tradition that arrived to Paul's ears through the Holy Spirit, through the teaching of the other apostles, somehow Paul also was in touch with that idea because he said to us that Christ redeemed us by becoming a curse for us by being hung on the tree, by being lifted up on a pole, Christ redeemed us by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, He says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's in Galatians 3.13. And in Rome, in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul wrote these words, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul is saying that Jesus took our sin on Himself and in being nailed to the tree, He put that to death. And that sounds an awful lot about like taking something that was biting us and put it on a pole so that we can look to it and understand that in that act, in that act, we can have life. And the one who hangs on the pole and trusting God's promise in Him, though we are bitten by sin, We can live. God told Moses, tell the Israelites, take a snake, put it on a pole, and tell them when they're bitten to look at it and they will live. And to all of us who are bitten by sin today, to all of us who struggle with hurts, with harms that we cause ourselves and others have caused to us, because it's not only our own sin that hurts us, but the sin of others hurts us. To all of us today who come here under the burden, the weight, the guilt, the shame, the horror of sin, God says, look at my son on the pole and have life. Have eternal life. Though you are bitten, though the venom courses through your veins to bring death to you, I give you life. Look at my son on the pole and live. So the cross is raised before us as a sign of God's love 
That's why we nail one to the wall of our church. Because years ago, the Son of God was lifted high on one so that the world could see Him and have life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall have life and not perish, shall not be destroyed by the serpent, shall not be destroyed by sin, shall not be destroyed by death, but have life. There is relief for us. There is healing for us. And it comes as we fix our eyes on Jesus, who the author of Hebrews says is the author and finisher of our faith. As we look to the one on the pole, we live. Some people say that at this point in his ministry, Jesus didn't know he was going to be crucified. According to John's Gospel, he did. According to John's Gospel, he knew the manner of his death, he knew that it would be public, and he knew that it would be scandalous. Because the tricky thing to me is, when I read the Old Testament, it sounds to me like God said, don't make graven images of things and lift them up before you. (laughs) But yet God calls on the people to make a graven image, to look at it and trust God's promise. Make a symbol of the thing that is destroying you and look at it lifted up and trust my promise that you will live. And as they looked at it and believed Moses' word to them, which was the word of God to them, that if they looked at that snake, they would live. Even though they were bitten, they lived. And Jesus, who was pure and blameless before God, took our sin on Him and became a symbol of our sin put to death for us in His body. Destroyed and killed for us. And the promise for us today is that if we will look to that sign and believe, we will live. In 1 Peter, The same concept is lifted up in chapter 2, verse 24. Peter writes, Jesus Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. Our Lord said to Nicodemus, And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so I must be lifted up. That whoever believes in me may have eternal life. Dear ones, the remedy for our sin and death is before us. His name is Jesus. Raised before us to call us to Himself so that we might have life. Now what we, all, what we truly deserve, 
What we deserve is for the venom of sin to work its course. To drag us to destruction. But the mercy of God is this. Jesus raised up on a pole so that we might look upon Him, believe, and have life. That's good news, dear ones. It's worth trusting. And it's worth sharing. Somewhere in that group of people, I would imagine that there was somebody who was bitten who was in the back and somebody pushed him and said, look at the pole, look at the pole. Out there in your lives, there are people who are bitten and don't know where to look for relief. Out there in my life, there is someone who is bitten and doesn't know where to find help. But today we know. And I invite you to leave this place and go and tell someone where hope is. And the other thing I think about when I hear this story is, who was the person that got asked to walk out in front with the pole? That person was brave, right? I wonder if we can be brave enough to leave here today and lift high the cross in our own hands. To raise up the love of Christ. So that those who are bitten can see the mercy of God available to them. In a snake, Jesus talks about life and mercy. It's a good story for us to be acquainted with. Because, dear ones, it's our story. And I give God thanks for your faith and your willingness to look to the pole and trust that God will give you life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.